It is Wednesday, the 12th of April 2017, and this is episode 307 of Digital Outbox. Welcome to another episode, a sunny episode. I'm Chris, joined as ever with with Ian. Bye, Ian. Hey, good evening, Chris. It's sunny, sunny here as well. Yeah, sunny everywhere. Nice. It's windy. Summer is here. It's windy, and there's certain bits of Glasgow spilling a shit. But apart from that, it's sunny. <laughs> nice. That's always a sign of uh, hot summer. <laughs> uh, there we go. So, <laughs> on that note, straight into last pass. <laughs> Last pass, we talked about this, uh, I think, last podcast out. They had a security flaw, which they had uh, been identified and told to them. Uh, and they have now fixed that flaw. It was to do with their LastPass extension, their browser extension. And there was exploits that could go and intercept data in, um, in bad ways. They have fixed it. They haven't given full details. But basically, if you haven't uh, updated your extensions, then uh, go do that. Yeah. Um, that, that's good. Good to know. Good to good that they fixed it. Um, good. They that have also no said damage. that they they didn't notice anyone using this exploit either in test situations or even in the wild. In, in the wild, so they look like they've got away with that. Yeah, I, I I did I did catch a quick post just before we started tonight, and it's from a guy called um, Fraser Spears, who I've mentioned before in the podcast, and he's just talking about um, similar to this, it's like what happens if there's he recently got robbed in France and had to reset devices, and they did a really long, unmemorable iCloud password, mm-hmm. which was trapped in one password. Which, and there's just a whole if you don't watch out, it's actually quite easy to lock yourself out of mm. how, you know resetting this. So he's actually got a nice post, and I'll put it in the show notes later on, just around you know lessons from reality of you know going for these unmemorable passwords and using what last password one password but what happens if you have to do something yeah what happens if that goes <laughs> oh and one password sitting in a dropbox and dropbox is mm. unmemorable and and yeah. it, so it's just yeah mm. just have a yeah think. it's complicated complicated yeah. but there you go uh, Yahoo and AOL. So long promised the the kind of takeover bid and the merging of the two companies. We heard it got leaked really by accident. We've got a name. Is it a good name? Um, Oath. 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 Apparently. Which is just, oath. just sounds horrendous. Yeah, I mean... It's, I guess both names, though, have, you know, both AOL and Yahoo have kind of, they've both got a bit of stink attached to them now, really. So maybe taking, you know, a brand new angle and just just going for this new name, That's that maybe that's the right way of doing this. Oath, you know, brand names don't mean much after a while, though, do they? They're Dis- just noises. Disruptive and unstoppable. You cannot beat the oath. <laughs> it, I mean, yes, it's all a little bit legal. I would say, but yeah, we'll we'll see. Who it doesn't really affect us that much, other than to know how many you know brands they've got under them, and I, there's there's undertones of you know you can't get away from us. <laughs> you got you've got to use us. So. Um, and I still have a little plea: sell flicker to like somebody who cares. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't make me move all my photos. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, Amazon is going to try and expand or is going to expand into the business to business market in the UK. So this has already happened in the US and uh, they reckon uh, they're already making billions over there. So basically the, the difference will be the kind of products that they're marketing. Uh, also, you'll be able to uh, do VAT exclusive and things like that. Um, so a kind of I don't know why I would be surprised by this. It seems like a sensible thing. Uh, sensible thing and also I think there's a bit of a market there because staples kind of popped yeah. you know yeah. and, and I know certain certain big companies that I may know a little bit about used to use staples quite often yeah. so um, I think there's a, there is a there's a gap there and I think also just uh, Amazon's so trusted now you know that it's just yeah. like uh, I, I saw I saw an article yesterday I saw a tweet sorry that was saying you compare 2014 2015 2016 with if you're looking for a new product, where would you go first? Would you go yeah. to a search engine or would you just no. go Amazon? Yeah. And it's totally flipped. And and the, yeah. the hashtag was pre for Google because the search in twenty fourteen was like fifty five percent. It's now done at twenty something. Yeah. And Amazon's now at like, like seventy. Yeah, it's your starting point for shopping. Yeah, and it's such a wide ranging beast. It really is a oh, distribution it's... and logistics company more than more than anything else. It's not you know, it's not like they store uh, you know, a certain amount of things. They have a whole load of other shops that feed into them. So it's just, you know, it's, it's a clever thing. And, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, they're just putting a name to something that they're already doing anyway because loads of small to medium firms, which is what this is aimed at, would be buying through, an, you know, something like an Amazon anyway. So Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's still, it still boggles the mind that I can pretty much anything that I want, it'll be here tomorrow. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's amazing. It is. It is, it is, it is. We've been hearing news this week from Apple. Uh, after they, they did a roundtable with several journalists. Um, and one of the topics came up was to do with the aging Mac Pro. Um, that the, Unbelievably, they still sell, even though it's a real dog of a thing. Um, as far, you know, even when even if it's heyday, it was never rapid. But now it's so slow, but the amount of money they charge. Anyway, they have said effectively sorry it's been a while we are going to do a bit of a, a bump on it with specs but we know we can't do very much we're developing a new one for you and that's going to be all singing all dancing it's going to take us a while to which i think you've had a while <laughs> you haven't done anything um so they think you know they're, they're talking maybe next year they might have a replacement all, all they've said is not this year um mm. and and so i i I read this and with a smile on my face, to be honest. Mm. And I do, but I do think it's Apple saying we've messed up. I think it was clear if you read between the lines. And so I've I've linked to the kind of Gruber advert, advert article, sorry. Um, uh, so he was one of the journalists that was invited, and he usually, I think it gets a lot of criticism sometimes when people are saying he's too Apple friendly. But I mm. think he he understands one a lot of people. You know, he's, he's covered Apple for so long. He can, you know, he can tweak out you know what this actually means and what this actually yeah. says um, and and i guess that so the good the, the good news was yeah they're doing a rethought a, re, a rethink in the mac pro and um, the current one they apologize for the current one of the seemingly they, they baked themselves in a thermal corner is what they said and um, so basically they couldn't add more gpu or more modern gpus without it having to do a total redesign and um, and i think i think that that's obviously true but at the same time i think they were desperate or determined to move away from the pro market yeah, and have been I, stung recently by the, what's happened the fact that they haven't the fact that they haven't done anything on it too now and now they suddenly realize that they do need to do something with it 
just says that they were not focused on it at all. And they, let's say that it's been how many years is it? Three, four years since yeah. we saw so any movement on it. Over because I think I think it was about I think it was I'm sure about four or five months ago that people were saying that's a thousand days, thousand days yeah. since any update on it. So um, they've had that time if they really felt like they needed to redesign something. They, you know, they should be all, almost ready to release now, but they're they're not. They're 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 just starting out on that journey now. Uh, because they do realize that there is still market and it's good for the general mac user that they are going to be still therefore focusing on software they will be still supporting the platforms and desktop and they're not you know going that single minded route down into you know uh like the, the the pads and the phones and things like that so they we will still see that and iMacs um they've also said they're going to develop a an iMac which is a bit more pro focused as well which i think is another popular and you know certainly crowd pleasing move so lots of devs moved to move to the 5k iMac because yeah. it was powerful but there was still it wasn't powerful enough for a lot of users it's the video editors that, that yeah. suffer the most yeah. they need you know they need multiple processors they need multiple hard disks they need all the the kind of things that you do with expansions you know that, 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 yeah that's what they need so this this year we're going to see refreshed iMacs and including the specifically said an iMac you know a, a more pro iMac so it'll be interesting yeah. to see what that actually means i think that would that would that's going to fit most consumers needs as long as it has the you know the the ability to maybe to do some video editing with a little bit more capable um i think that would meet most people and then the pro on top of that for for anyone who really does need the it does it you know 100% professionally uh, in that kind of market yeah and i think i think that i mean going back to the mac pro to me, they have to. It's back to this. The last one they brought out, they've kind of, yes, they'd put in pro hardware, but it was so locked down that it wasn't really a pro device. The whole, if you go back to the what they call the cheese gators, the old silver tower, yeah, I mean, that was a I'll open it up and expand it. And I think, I think if they try and come out with another smart design that doesn't allow each year to upgrade GPU and CPU easily, I'm not, I'm not saying for the user, you know, I think if the user can change GPU and if the user can change RAM and disk. I think they need to go back to that. There's a there's a there's a market there that they need to serve. It um, certainly sounds from this discussion like that is exactly where they're going. They're going modular. They have said that will allow them to do um, hardware bumps. Uh, I read into that that it would also allow a user to do that if they wanted. Uh, but I might be reading too much into that. Maybe you know they do like to control that. But I think not having a user able to make their own hardware bumps on a device like that is a bad bad step. I'd say. Yeah. I think the other thing that was clear is, and I, I still think this feels a very, a very recent. Now whether that's weeks, months, mm-hmm. but but it's the fact that the um, you know when they brought out the, try to remember what device it was they brought out. Was it a laptops? And they had the LG 5K monitor, and they said that's as out the monitor market. But they're now saying no, there's a pro monitor from Apple coming next year. So yep. it, it feels it feels internal. There's been a I don't know. A refocus, why not? Yeah, you know, and and let's let's be honest, they make enough money that they can that they can do this. But and and that's that's more my you know my point about the fact they haven't done it so far. They've got enough money to do many things many times over, and even have projects that they burn and just leave and never go anywhere if they ever really were working on it. And and they just weren't. So this is this is a refocusing down, um, and and it's I'm glad to see that refocusing personally. So am I. I mean, I'm quite happy that there's a debate that as an iPad or an iPad Pro, the future of computing, and it is for the 80-90%, but the 10-15% need something else. You know, it's, it doesn't tick the box, it doesn't let them work as fast. 
it doesn't recognize files and whether people like it or not there's a lot of us that still you know generate I, a lot of data generate a lot of files work in that way and the ipad doesn't help that yeah i, I, I don't know one person who just uses uh, an ipad to do everything that they they do yeah, but i'm not, sure they i'm normal. sure they're out there but <laughs> But I don't know them. And I think that I think there's a it's back to the as I said, there's that eighty percent, seventy percent, whatever you want to call it, that day to day won't won't well happy just taking a photo on the iPhone and they can yep. see it on their iPad and that's all they need to do and they can do some basic accounting and do some basic letters and that's all great. I can print to a printer if I need to. And that's probably really advanced for a lot of people. You know, they don't yeah. need too much more. Um, no, but but even so, even for the eighty thirty, who would most of the time do that? They still have an eighty thirty split of there will be thirty percent of their tasks which are not easy to do on a, an iPad. You know? I'm I'm loving this eighty thirty. Oh yeah, that's that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, thirty percent of their hundred. So everyone works to one hundred and ten percent, don't they? That's what they say. I gave it one hundred and ten percent. There you go. <laughs> I'll stop digging now. <laughs> Uh, yeah uh, they also went into some figures about um sort of their sales numbers and stuff like that and and how yes macbooks are a big part of what they they sell imacs are also a big part but you know their current mac pro is is a tiny tiny percentage of their current sales but i think also i was surprised at how many desktops i know i i know they sell a lot of imacs but i was surprised in the mac market how big the desktop was i actually thought it'd be a lot more laptops so mm. it's it's still a popular category for them. Yeah, that, still yeah. Who knew? Mm. <laughs> so I was going to mention numbers again. I'm going to move away from numbers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's let's go on to Spotify, shall we? Um, they have got an agreement with the UMG Universal Music Group that now allows their premium members to get early access to albums. So effectively, they're you know, if you're a premium member, then you'll get to hear new releases two weeks before uh, sort of your regular Joe will get to listen to them. I'm assuming that is the full premium rather than just the sort of the web streaming member. So I think it's £10 a month that costs. Yeah, and that's that's why I was assuming out of this as well. I I, I don't have a big deal about it. You, still, no. you get it a couple of weeks later. Is it that If you're that desperate for it, go and buy it. Exactly that. So it gives you that option. Go listen to it early if you really are that desperate. Two weeks. And if not, then take the lower price or the free tier and, and, and off you go. Yeah. It seems reasonable to me. Yeah. No, no big problem. We have seen um, a few attacks and things going around recently. Um, as ever, there was apparently some big router DDoS attacks from all over the place. But anyway, this, the story we're going to cover is um, a Wi-Fi chip exploit. And the reason we're covering this specifically is that this is from uh, a Broadcom Wi-Fi chip, which uh, is installed on a lot of um, phones. Uh, this was a chip that allowed, uh, sorry, an exploit which allowed, you know, code to run arbitrarily uh, and it could be done uh, without any interaction from users. So you could literally be near a Wi-Fi hotspot and then find your device got compromised. So it's obviously a serious thing. Apple have released an update because we do have these uh, chips on iPhones. Uh, and it's also affecting Android um, as well. So get your phones up to date, basically, because there is this thing, and it's quite a potentially serious one in the world. Yeah, that's a nasty bug. Uh, you, you know, you... <laughs> 
you would you wouldn't know basically. You know, somebody can be attacking you, you wouldn't know. No, because you always imagine that you'd have to go to a website, follow a link, do this, that, and the other to to have it. But this isn't. This is literally the phone talking to a Wi-Fi hotspot, and that Wi-Fi hotspot compromising your phone, and therefore being able to uh, gain access to it. So yeah, make sure you're up to date. Clever again <laughs> for all the the nastiness in this, and uh, how you know incredibly ingenious as well. <laughs> yeah, there's there's an element of genius that goes around with these exploits. Yeah, and and well done. So this this came from um, Google's Project Zero team, which is you know we talked about it with LastPass and we've talked about it recently. So they're on they're on a bit of a a bit of a tear, you know, identifying these vulnerabilities yes. and and actually you know making it all secure for everybody else. As you said, iPhone there's a patch out. In fact, I think the demo the Nexus Google devices did. as well. So yeah, yeah. Just... So the demo Google demonstrated it on a six P. So that was one of the new Nexus devices, and it's on similar range of Samsung devices as well. So. Um, lots of people with lots of devices out there. Mm. Yeah. Uh, while you mentioned Samsung, they're they're apparently going to rock it on the old uh, profit. Um, what, you know, then latest profits they're making. They're they're right back in the game. Their their sales of their new devices have been really good, and uh, they look likely to have moved beyond their complete disaster of battery gate. Yeah, and I, and I don't think looking at the and I know that was it another week or two before they're out. Mm. Um, I, but I don't think it's any surprise just looking at the early previews and looking at the device themselves. They looked. I mean, for any other company, I mean that that kind of amount of money to to recover that situation, any other company probably would have died just on that. But they've obviously got some good reserves. They've got, remained resilient, and like I say, they're just they're back to massive profitability. I think they were nine billion in a quarter or something. Stupid, yeah, oh, yeah, ridiculous, it's, ridiculous, yeah. ridiculous it's, numbers. It's like, I, but, but at the same time, Toshiba are in real trouble and might disappear. Mm, that's, so yeah, they they were in trouble with their auditors. Like the the auditors wouldn't audit their books because they, they said they couldn't agree with them. Uh, yeah, and they've they've warned that, that that might be the end of Toshiba, which again. Unbelievable. Which seems like such a massive name for yeah. us, but then maybe maybe we're old. And if you go, I to... think it is. It's a slightly aging brand, isn't yeah. it? It's you know, it's not at the cutting edge, but you know, it's still a massive, massive firm and and a big part of you know, what, yeah, like you say, what makes up our tech tech history. Uh, Trump in has the Trump administration doesn't want to uh, push Twitter to reveal the owner of the anti-Trump account that it took exception to so it it basically put a, a petition in to find out who was making tweets that were anti anti their their organization their twitter then obviously said that <laughs> hang on a minute that's got really quite serious privacy and you know freedom of speech implications uh, the administration has since removed that petition to the judge so twitter has also removed its um you know court order yeah, so sense kicked in eventually after it was like, right, we're going to go to court. I know, how spooky. How spooky. It's like American you know, president trying to find out Yeah, it's, <laughs> who's it's, saying bad things about me. Yeah, exactly. Oh, but it's all, very, ego, rush, all that, very Russian. That ego is so fragile. And um, <laughs> Say we're seeing these things in Putin, you know, in Putin land. Um just it just feels it feels ugly. There's some there's some bad directions going on in this world right now. Ugh. Anyway, all pro- sanity has prevailed, I think. Yeah, so fair play to Twitter for actually standing up and saying no, we're going to go to court. Yeah. And um, and so yeah, good on them. 
Twitter Lite is uh, promising faster connection for less data. So this is a web application that allows you to get straight to data in a much more streamlined way. They're they're kind of touting this as you know a new way to access Twitter on your browser on your phone, uh, and specifically uh, there's a sort of direction to third world kind of countries where maybe the broadband isn't uh, you know as um, available. So having it down a, a narrow band uh, pipe is much better. Yeah. And um, it's actually a really nice engineering post where they describe um, what they what they use and how they set it up and how it is, you know, really fast, but also server-wise, how little they're actually, you know, compared to the actual full-blown mm-hmm. product. So it's actually um, almost a bit like their full-blown product is a bit bloated. Yeah, I'm actually surprised <laughs> they didn't have this already. Yeah. I know we've been talking for a while about Twitter and how they're getting onto you know these these other markets or trying to just uh, and it's worth mentioning again you know the the difference between 1.9 billion Facebook users in, in 2016 319 million Twitter users so it's a really effectively for the, for its impact it's a tiny service and you know it's it's more because it's in the journal you know it's in journalists purview and therefore we hear about it on TV and news and all the time but actually the amount of users using it are uh, very low Google has added fact check to its search results. So if you, you know, in a in a bid to try and get around fake news, it's adding uh, authoritative uh, sources that will, you can go and check whether the fact is true or not. Uh, and where there are differences of opinion, you'll see that as well. So you get that kind of feel for, um, is this a genuine statement or is this actually just a load of old baloney? Yep, it's the world we're in. Facebook have been doing it as well, so... Yep. I think over the last 18 months in particular, you know, just to kind of, if you look at a lot of the politics that have been happening, there's the realisation that they had, somebody had to do something. Had, you know, it's... I just think, uh, you know, we're, the amount of even just in, you know, within our own echo chambers, how much something gets shared around and no one actually goes and checks whether it's true. And it can actually distort your review, <laughs> view of reality. Oh, no, it does. And it it's does. proven to, to cause people to see things very differently in this world. So it is a serious thing, even though we think it's, you know, potentially, oh, it doesn't really matter if someone shares something around it. Actually, it does, it does have a big effect on, on how you view the world and how other people view the world. So it is important to fact check and this, this, this makes it easier for people to do, then then I'm more for it. And I think what, I think what shows how successful fact checks can be is how quickly um, a lot of news organisations are trying to discredit the fact check services and saying you know a lot of them are paid by left wing propaganda and it's them that are wrong, and mm. it's you know that they're not attacking the you know they're not going to court and saying you can't put that on it. They're just trying to say let them put it on it because that's just rubbish. Yeah. And again, that's going around that echo chamber as well. So. Um, it's challenging yeah it is Vodafone has scrapped roaming fees in much of Europe Uh, so we've obviously had all recently the kind of there's limited numbers uh, that that there was an agreement that there would only be a max sort of fee but but Vodafone has decided hey let's scrap it you can go wherever you like and there's no fees associated with that Uh, a a good thing yeah um... really good I know, I know the European Union were, were pushing for a lot of these changes. I know three had been probably one of the more aggressive companies, I think, around not just in Europe but around the world, are basically saying just, just, just use your phone. You can use your data wherever you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so good to see Vodafone finally, finally doing something, even though it probably legally was 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 getting more forced to do it. But 
Uh, and and we'll probably <laughs> retract as soon as we leave officially in a couple of years' time. But so, in the so that means when you go to spa in a month's time, and if you were with Vodafone, you'd just go to use a phone. Which would be fine, other than I'm not, and therefore <laughs> I shall have to buy a booster pack from EE. Um, Xbox has been in the news as well because they've been chatting um, to uh, Digital Foundry about their project Scorpio um, and not so much giving us masses of details but maybe confirming some of the stuff we'd seen already and kind of warming us up ready for E3 2017 where they're going to reveal all I guess, tell us much more so um do you want to take us through some of the bits that they talked about? Yeah. So this is um, this was the kind of big update that I guess. So Microsoft, they've been ta- they hadn't been talking about it. It'd been rumoured last year, and I was surprised when they brought out the Xbox One S. They also said, yes. and by the way, Project Scorpio's coming because it seemed, and, and maybe they were just I, I I don't know. Maybe it was just back to the, it was out there amongst the gaming community anyway. So why not just? you know, tell people it is coming and whether it was to try and deflect a little bit from PS4 Pro. Um, as you say, there's not there's not a tremendous amount. You know, there's no videos, there's no hardware to see. But what they did, well, there was a picture of the actual chip itself in the motherboard. Which isn't that exciting. <laughs> but it did confirm a lot of, I think, the, so the guys at Digital Foundry are kind of renowned for going into real detail around... Yeah hardware and also you know software refresh rates textures everything you know they look at everything they go yeah they, oh, they look at luminosities of pixels oh a, a huge amount of detail and and sometimes i must admit i do quite like understand yeah to understand all that um so the i guess a couple of things they confirmed is that they did you know it will um deliver the six teraflops that everybody you know microsoft had set as a target um yep. Uh, which is higher than the PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, they've confirmed that it, they did see a Forza um, running at 4K at 60 frames per second. With um, with with the similar with, settings? So with they, everything like, on, yeah. so it wasn't yeah. some... Because I think a lot of people were like, yeah, it'll do 4K gaming, but it's going to be, you know... Compromised in some way. Yeah, almost almost unfair. And I kind of, like, if I probably unfairly say, like, a kind of Nintendo approach where they can say, yeah, we can do 720p and 1080p, but they're doing cell shading and it's not as yeah. rich graphically. And and they know, and it's scaled up. It's not, and this they're saying this is native 4K as well. This so is native 4K, scaled. so not doing the kind of some of the PS4. So there's some games in PS4 Pro that are native, um, but some of the more complex ones are rendering in 4K, but using checkerboard effects and doing all sorts of yeah. things to, to kind of cleverly scale to that. Um, they talked about how the, due to the hardware that they've, they've packed in there, so basically they've taken um, the DirectX instructions and they're now basically embedded on the chip so that's that's cutting out a lot of process, or, or sorry, improving the amount of processing available to developers but they're also saying that they reckon with some um, quite straightforward patching, the existing Xbox One games and 360 games will be able to take advantage of some of this extra power. Because the calls are all the same, it's just they're stored in a different location. Yeah, yeah. so again, looks to be some really, you know, some clever some clever stuff there. Um, Connect disappeared, finally. So there's not even a port for it. So I think mm-hmm. that's them just saying that's, that's dead. Uh, and I think we knew that anyway, the way the dashboards went. Dashboards returned to uh, user buttons to navigate around, you know, and... Yeah away from that um and is it worth going into the kind of cpu and 
how, you know, what I don't think it is. I don't bother. No, about I think the, the details the people can go and, and dig them out, but the, yeah. the, effectively, there it, it's it is higher spec than the the PlayStation Pro, um, higher or equal basically in and in in the key areas, so memory and um, sort of memory throughput and and fat pipe fatness. I think oh, it's put yeah. anyway. The way it is, it's definitely got. Uh, some legs and it looks like will be good the other thing they did confirm 100 percent was that any xbox one game will run on it as will backward compatible uh there won't be any exclusive scorpio games although games can make use of the additional power so you will get the same disc it will run on your scorpio as it does on um the xbox one but you may get more out of it you will get more out of it um so yeah and games will generally run better some will need an update. Others will just out the box, just uh, just be better. Again, that's very much like the, the PlayStation Pro. But uh, I imagine we will see other things announced. Uh, I think some things like the uh, game, like the Netflix of games. I think we will see that being uh, pushed forward with the, the new Scorpio. So I think that might end up being exclusive to that console and saying, yeah, you can you can have a, a subscription which will allow you to have access to these games and these will be available on the Scorpio, nowhere else. I think that's maybe how they'll get that one. But we'll see. We'll yep. know in E3. I think other other hardware worth noting, you know, I think we, we touched on memory and, and other bits and pieces, but the optical drive, so we are getting a 4K um, Ultra HD Blu-ray player. Um, yep, so, so when you a, buy the console, you've got a... Uh, and, and if you still, I mean, if you go and buy one of those devices just now, I think the kind of cheapest is around £400. Yeah, you know, so that's been interesting. I think the the one that, so it's definitely it definitely seems to be that next step up from a PS4 Pro. Um, it's not a it's not a new console. It's the same no. architecture, same things. But it will just be interesting what price they have. Lots of yes. speculation about this will be a you know a you know a, a three fifty four hundred four fifty. Some seen as high as five hundred if you just look at how much hardware is packed in there. So that's another thing Digital Foundry often do is go and do component costings and they try and work out how much it actually costs the manufacturer to put these things together. And they've kind of come up with this figure of yeah, sort of four or five hundred dollars. So it's, you know, yes, it is. I mean, if I remember back to the original Xbox, that was the kind of price that that, yeah. that got, that I, got I sold think, at. I think we'll be spending 500 quid on a console this year. Mm, maybe. As in, I, you know, maybe they'll surprise us and, and go aggressive just to try and I wouldn't get mind. some I, of the, the gamers back on side. But. I'll be honest, if, if it's going to deliver what they're, what it looks like it's delivering, take my yeah. 500. You know, it'd be I, great at 400, but take my 500. And they've kind of, I mean, you can tell also this isn't really, you know, it's, this isn't the next generation step, so at some point we will have that next generation step because everything is just a, an expansion. It is a bump, and they have said in the past that actually you will probably see more of this going forward where it's just an yeah. incremental increase in performance. I think that will cause them more problems than than they're, they're willing to let on at the moment, as in just the whole point of a console is it's, it is what it is. Um, but it, but it I, does... I still like the direction of this. I've, I think it's a good release timescale, and I think hopefully... They might recover some of the, um, you know, the 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 will of the gamers who, which has very much gone to PS4 at the moment. Yeah, and I, and I do feel I do feel we're moving to a whether you call it a a, a quicker release cycle. Cause it used to be consoles were around for you know six seven years. Mm-hmm. I do think every two three years, probably three, you're going to be buying a whatever platform you're going to be potentially buying a new console, um, and it feels more like a kind of PC upgrade type cycle. Um, yeah. VR like wasn't touched on, so there was there was talk about this supporting VR, and they're just saying that you know it's not a this year thing; that's a next year discussion. 
So whether it's an AR, VR, you know, type mm-hmm. headset, well, I guess time will tell. If it's like anything else Microsoft do, they'll probably make the wrong decision. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was lots yeah. of rumours that they were tied in with Oculus. But yeah, well, which wouldn't be. I, I don't think that would be the wrong decision. No, obviously. exactly. But but then they seem to be now starting to push their AR platform and they're mm. doing their kind of, you know, design with or design for Microsoft, you know, so around saying Windows 10 and, you know, the, what was it, the Creator Edition that was finally released yesterday. Um, and you can now pick up 300 quid AR type headsets and they're, they're looking at, you know, folk like Asus and, and Dell and those kind of folk to be to be making headsets for that, for that market. So I... I don't know what we'll see. I don't know if Microsoft would come out with an actual Xbox branded their own headset like PlayStation. Yeah, it doesn't I think they seem... would just because it'll keep everything. I don't like... know. I, th- I would have thought something would have been. You know, maybe that will be a. Maybe that would be the kind of. In mo- most consoles, they ne- they don't really release with third party accessories. They they come no. later. But what I'm, what I'm thinking is if we're if we're going to go through E3, we'll probably get lots of. I don't know if it'll be exclusive. I think I think we're we're Microsoft seem to struggle now. See if you look at the library in PS4, it is cracking, and I don't mm-hmm. think it's as rich in Microsoft. It was see if I go back to the previous, you know, generation like the 360, and PS3. It was the opposite, basically. 360 was definitely the place to be. It better exclusives, yeah. and I know some people go rubbish, but see for the the kind of um, see for like the kind of AAA non-console exclusives, the 360 was the best place to play it, and yeah. that's that's definitely the reverse right now. Definitely, yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah. It is, uh, but you know, I haven't felt starved of games to play on my Xbox over the years. Uh, and if I look back at the kind of history of, you know, since the Xbox One came out and all the games I've played, uh, you know, they've been good gaming experiences. So yeah, and we'll find out. E three is not far away, a couple of months. Yep. Um. So that'll be that'll be certainly interesting just to see. You know, will we see? Will will they do some sort of exclusive Red Dead Redemption? I hope know, so. You know, <laughs> something that is, you know, and I, not just like get downloadable content first on Xbox. You know, it, it it feels like it needs more than that, but I think that would cost them an awful lot of money. Yeah, nowadays it would, I think. Yeah. All right, then that's um, that's our podcast at its end for tonight for now. Um, if you want to find out more about who we are and what we do, digitaloutbox.com is a website. Uh, info at digitaloutbox.com for email and we're also on twitter if you're one of the 319 million uh, you can tweet us on digital outbox um i am also on twitter as cheesy uk and my blog academyracer.co.uk has details of the racing that went on last weekend so you can go check out that and watch the videos if you'd like to where can we find you mr sweeps um the videos were very entertaining as well so I, I, I found them quite quite enjoyable. And it was a nice, a nice duck moment from you as well. <laughs> duck. Um, so, so very quickly before I say where I am, um, a little, slight little pick. Um, okay, yeah. Um, so there's an app that I picked up. It's currently, it costs £2. Uh, I think it's iOS only. Um, it costs £2, but if you go to the Apple App Store app, so the kind of, you know, the shopping, not the App Store, but the mm. Apple Store app, um, mm-hmm. It's currently free there. It's free for the next 30 days. Uh, it's an app okay. called Panels, P-A-N-O-L-S. And all it does is it scans your library, your photo library for, for panoramics and strangely splits it into three photos. Um, <laughs> which sounds completely <laughs> daft. But, but <laughs> you see, I've lost you at this moment, but I'm going to rescue this one. Okay. It's very, very niche so far. 
So then you go to Instagram, and with their yeah. new way of being able to post multiple uh, pictures, uh-huh. you pick your three pictures, and you actually just scroll along a nice big panoramic. There you go. It, so it makes it an Instagram panorama instead of a... Yeah. So when I've posted a panorama on Instagram before, you end up with lots of white border, and it's a tiny mm-hmm. little strip. But now yeah. you've actually got full size, and you just swipe between them, and it looks glorious. There you go. Rescued. I think I rescued so it. So that's panels in the actual... Yeah, Apple so, store. So so don't go to the App Store, but actually go um don't go to the App Store, go to the Apple Store app. So I think it's just called Apple Store. Yeah, Apple Store. So the one that usually says, you know, what shops are open and what you can mm-hmm. buy from from Apple itself, like iMacs and headphones and that. And then there you'll see a exclusive for you download panels for free. There you go. Or, or just give the guy two quid because it's a nice little app. Yeah. Blog ent.net. Twitter, Sweeper. Done. (laughs) All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And we will talk to you again very soon. See you later. Goodbye. non-committal on date there did you notice (laughs) Uh, yeah (laughs) we've been too bad reasons see you next time (laughs) see you soon soon